who knows more about parenting than parents, right? Today on the podcast, we ask, how would you know that Facebook groups are the suitable sources for your parenting perils? Before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge the tra- traditional owners of these lands, the Yagara, Yugara, and Yugarabal people of Ipswich and Springfield, where this podcast is recorded as keepers of ancient knowledge and whose cultures and customs continue to nurture this land. I also pay respect to elders, past, present, and future. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a pleasure to have not one but two studio guests in joining us for the podcast today, uh, the first of which we're going to be speaking to USQ researcher Kate Davis. How are you, Kate? I'm good, thanks. Uh, pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, now, could you please uh, give us a quick rundown of what you do at USQ and what sort of research you're involved in? Sure. So I'm a senior research fellow in the Digital Life Lab, where we research how people experience technology as part of everyday life. Um, I'm an information researcher and I'm particularly interested in how people experience information. Um, And in particular, I'm interested in how they experience information in social media spaces. Excellent. Well, you're the right person to have on the podcast today. Um, Now, we're talking about how people, uh, I guess, gather information about parenting and how they make decisions around that. First question, are you a parent yourself? I'm not a parent. I'm a very involved auntie and I've done a fair bit of work in this space, really, that was born out of watching my friends and family and how they uh, use social media and how that changed once they became parents. Right. So, I guess um, watching some of these friends and family go through that when they decide, well, when they first find out that they're going to be a parent, where's the first place they go for that information? I think it really varies. Um, some people will use parenting forums and other people are really kind of anti those spaces because um, they don't necessarily want to ask questions of people they don't know. They might mine those forums for information rather than asking a question there. But also I think people really value um, the advice and experience of people they know well. Right. So I I guess you've said you've seen that sort of change recently and obviously social media and those parenting forums are places that people go. Um, How common would you say it is for people to head to those parenting forums? Is it the sort of thing that everyone now does? I think it's incredibly common. So I did a research study with new mothers looking at their information experience in social media. Um, And certainly for all the participants in my study, it was a big part of their parenting experience. Um, Those mothers didn't actually tend to use the parenting forums or dedicated parenting sites, but rather they um, were using more the mainstream social media, um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram. Um, And for them, it it was really common Um, for them to ask questions of family or even just to have kind of serendipitous experiences with information where they discover something that might be useful later. I know this probably seems like a bit of an obvious question, but are there dangers that come with going to these social media platforms for that information? Look, I think, um, yes, the answer is yes to that. But You know, you hear people talk about social media bubbles and how people create these networks of people that are like them and that have the same types of views. And there's some concern that maybe people don't get exposed to a range of information because they're kind of they've curated this set of people around them that think the same way. Um, And I think that can be true, um, particularly when you're in, say, big group spaces on Facebook where, you know, you might be with a group of people who subscribe to the same um, parenting uh, kind of value system as you. 
But, you know, what we do in social media is really just one part of how we experience information in our lives. And so while we're having those experiences in social media, we're also having one-to-one experiences with um, family and friends or with doctors or other health professionals. So I think um, if you look in isolation only at what people do in social media, then that might be some cause for concern for some people. But I think when you consider the range of information we're exposed to, that becomes less concerning. Sure. Um, so for myself, for example, I'm not a parent, nor am I a uh, sort of over-involved auntie. Um, so I guess my social circles at the moment don't really involve a whole lot of parent or parenting, although yeah. I am starting to see a few friends uh, get pregnant and all sorts. Um, so I guess how do I make that shift online from not being surrounded by that information to now having that access? I think part of it happens um, naturally as you start to parent. Um, Lots of parents groups, mothers groups that are set up by local health authorities, for example, they end up having their own online spaces where the parents interact and engage with each other. But I think over time, you do just see a natural shift in the people that you hang out with. The people that you spend your time with do start having kids and and the tone and, and temper of the Uh, communities that you're involved in changes. Like I really saw um, a huge change around the time I was starting my PhD where my friends were no longer posting about being hungover and, oh my goodness, I've had the latest night and I feel terrible. But, you know, now I feel terrible because I've been up all night with a baby. Um, And for me, that was kind of a signal that things were starting to switch and really got me interested in what they were doing with social media. Yeah, right. So um, I I guess having a look at the information that is available and setting up that filter so that you're not getting some of that bad advice and maybe some of that good advice, what's your recommendations for what you're looking for when you're looking at these forums? So I think... um one of the things that's really important is to make sure that you're having a positive experience in social media because you can you hear a lot in the press about how people are, um, you know, there's trolls and there's negativity and that happens a lot on the big um, platform parenting sites and, and in the discussion forums. So I think curating... Um, a friend feed or a network that is really positive um, can be really helpful. Uh, Some of the participants in the study I did with new mothers um, really actively went out and looked for people who had the same kind of parenting beliefs as them. So if they were into attachment parenting, they would go and find other people who were into that kind of thing as well to allow them to kind of connect with people that had that same belief system. Um, And I think that can be a really useful thing. But again, you kind of have to temper that with the other information you're getting so that you get a complete picture. Um, You know, there has been some talk about misinformation related to vaccination, for example, um, circulating through social media. And I think that, you know, that absolutely does happen. Um, But it's about curating a network of people you trust and value. And for mums in particular, that's often other mums. So the, the advice and the information that they value most highly is the shared experiences of other people who are going through the same things as them. Absolutely. If you're studying parent at uh, USQ, we also have a uh, bit of a Facebook group set up for studying parents. So make sure you check that one out. Head head to uh, USQ's social media platforms for that. Kate, thanks for joining us. Um, I'll wind up by just asking, and I guess you maybe won't have an insight into this, but what does the future look like for gathering information for parents? I mean, is there any sort of indication that we're heading a completely new direction and, and maybe there'll be... Uh, new sources of information we didn't realise that we could tap into? 
I think that that is bound to happen. And even if we look at platforms that we're using now, um, you know, platforms change and the way we use them changes. So Instagram, for example, used to be just a space where there were pretty pictures. And I see now much more conversation happening there. Twitter, for example, with the expansion of the character limit means that you can have much more valuable conversations there. So I think, you know, we'll see shifts as platforms shift as well. Um, But we don't know, I guess, what the next disruptive technology is. So mobile, for example, um, has had a huge impact on the way people use social media and particularly mums because they're stuck at home often with little babies and they've got these devices that connect them to the outside world. Um, So I guess it's whatever comes next, the big disruptive technology that we see next on the horizon. But I think we'll see an evolution over time. Fantastic. Uh, lovely to have you in, Kate Davis, from USQ Research. Where can we find out more about your research? You can visit the Digital Life Lab blog, which you can find um, from our website, which is just uh, usq.edu.au dll. Lovely. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks. As mentioned on the podcast today, we are very excited to have not one but two guests. And the second guest joining us today uh, is a studying parent, appropriate being a uh, studying parent podcast. Uh, Christy joins me on the line. How are you, Christy? Good, thanks, Tom. How are you? I am fantastic. Now, Christy, uh, you're calling from a little way away in uh, Bendigo, Victoria. Tell us a little bit about yourself um, as a studying parent. Okay, well, I'm a mum of three kids. Um, my husband works away a lot of the time, so it's um, mostly just us here. Um, I've been studying with USQ for around about four, four and a half years now. Um, I'm doing a Bachelor of Business, majoring in marketing, and I've just kind of slowly ticked away at that while, um, while having my last child and, and looking after the kids while they've been fairly little. Yeah, right. So um, how old are you kids, if you don't mind me asking? Yep, I've got a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and just turned three-year-old. Wow, there you so go. Two boys and a girl. Yep. So a bit, bit of um, diversity in there. We'll start off with when you first found out uh, that you were pregnant. Where did you instinctively go to get the information and support that you needed? So that would have been it was um, not while I was studying, um, and I went straight to the doctor, got a bit of information from him and went to probably books. Um, There wasn't a lot online, but there were a couple of forums and and different parenting sites that you could sign up for and um, get little emails every week or so that told you about what was happening with the baby and as they were kind of growing in, you know, in utero and also once they were born. um, And that was pretty much all I had at the time. And um, now that, I mean, I guess that was nine years ago, now that you've got uh, uh, somebody who's just gone three, um, has that changed between uh, when you had your first child as to when you had your third and where you went for that information? Uh, Yeah, it has changed a lot. When I was um, thinking about coming on the podcast um, and looking at the difference in the two um, different stages, I noticed it was quite different. So, you know, back then there wasn't Facebook or it was just starting up so that wasn't really an option um, there certainly weren't the parenting forum so now um, having the third there's so much out there there's a lot online there's heaps and heaps of really good support groups so back with my first there was a couple of support groups that weren't that crash hot or some people got really into but it was a bit hard to kind of get in there whereas now you know you've got Facebook groups that are quite constant so you can jump on in there ask people questions we at the time of my first had moved away from family, so we had no family support or anything like that. Um, whereas now, because of Facebook and, and similar things, we have really close access to friends who are all going through the same 
um, stage of you know of life, having kids and all that sort of thing. And so there's there's a lot of information online and lots of not just information too, more also your support group. So really where you can go and and feel like you can kind of normalize what what you're going through, that sort of thing. I guess what sort of information were you looking for when you were joining those groups and how did you determine what was a good group and what wasn't? So sometimes sometimes you're looking for um, like medical advice if, if something's happening. More so if it's kind of borderline, you know, obviously you know when your child's sick, there's no question there, you, you sort it out, but more when it's kind of borderline and, and when you need to worry and when you don't need to worry. Like for, our, for one of our child's children we've been going through getting a diagnosis for ADHD. So um, kind of being able to go in and discuss all the different things, what is part of ADHD, what isn't, finding out that information and being able to talk to people who are going through the same sort of thing. Making sure that information is reliable and is trustworthy is, is probably like the utmost importance for you. And, and do you have kind of a, a bit of a method now that you're three kids in, do you have a bit of a method as to um, yeah, being able to sift through what you think is trustworthy and reliable information? Yeah, I think you need to, especially if you're going on to like a forum, you need to be able to, to understand that you're not always going to have reliable information. You need to be aware of that. So um, the sort of stuff that you really need to have, you know, someone with authority and formal training, you would obviously go to something different than a Facebook group. Um, and then the information coming through, I think um, probably experience is a big part of it. So depending on, you know, there are parents who've gone through a lot of what you've been through, that experience speaks for a lot. Um, but you do always have to weigh it up, you know, and you sometimes it's just a starting point where you can go out and do more research or go to the other places where you can get the proper information that you need and it just kind of triggers a few ideas of where to go next always keep in the back of the mind that your child is different so you can't you know just jump in and say that they've said that and that's the be all and end all there are also um forums on some of the um pages that are specifically for like say for instance for instance adhd so there's a lot more authority there you can rely on that information a lot more Hey, speaking of niche groups, um, I believe one you're actually involved in uh, is the USQ Studying Parents Facebook group. Um, so you're a moderator for that group. Tell us a little bit about the group. Yeah, so this has only been going for a couple of months and um, I was really honoured to be asked to, to moderate the page. Um, I think it's really exciting. <laughs> I think for, for a lot of us, especially with USQ, there's so many parents who are online and we just don't have that kind of personal one-on-one -on -one type of connection to have with people, particularly other studying people, let alone other studying parents. So it's just um, kind of a casual sort of space where people can come and get some support um, for tips and advice, ask questions, and, um, and look at kind of how to balance, you know, the big juggling act that is kind of studying and, and having a family and for a lot of people working and that sort of thing, and kind of helping people to be able to achieve their goals. I think having that kind of one-on-one, -on -one, or sorry, that community kind of connection really helps people to be able to move through a lot of the difficulties that come up when you're studying and a parent. It sounds like very empowering work that you get to do there. So, um, yeah, and you've obviously got a lot of experience to share. And um, yeah, I definitely recommend if any uh, USQ studying parents uh, do feel the need to reach out and connect with people who are going through the same sort of experiences, uh, definitely check this page out. Where can um, studying parents of USQ find this page? So it's um, USQ studying parents. So if you search that in your search bar on Facebook, you'll find us. 
Um, and then there's just a couple of questions and just to make sure that the people coming in are USQ studying parents. And, um, yeah, come on board and make sure that you're chatting and making sure you're part of the chatter. You know, the bigger the community and the more that we're all saying, the more helpful it can be. So, yeah, definitely come on board. Christy, I'm going to leave it there and uh, let you get back to, uh, I'd imagine, a lot of parenting and, and work that you've got to do. Um, so thanks very much for joining us. Um, as mentioned, do make sure if you are at USQ and you are uh, a studying parent, even if you're an online student, get on and have those conversations because uh, that space has been set up just for you. Um, some other cool things to check out from the podcast today. Make sure you check out the Digital Life Lab online. That's on the USQ website there. You can look that one up. And also, uh, Dr. Kate Davis, if you're interested in more of her research, you can actually check out a Phoenix Media podcast. This is run by the Phoenix Media guys uh, who help produce this podcast. Uh, and uh, she shares a little bit more of her research and experience there. So do make sure you check that one out, uh, Phoenix Media podcast. Well, look, thanks, Christy, for joining us. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing what comes out of the, uh, the Facebook studying group. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast. There are some other episodes you can find on Podbean, iTunes, and USQ's social hub. That's social.usq.edu.au. There, you'll also find a number of other resources created to support USQ students. We also have recently released a fantastic ebook for parents, whether you're considering study, about to apply, or already into your degree. Download a copy and read it today on USQ Social Hub. That's it for this week. My name is Tom and I'll catch you on the next episode of How Would You Know?